Good morning, small business owners and entrepreneurs. So today I wanted to talk a little bit about communication. It's so foundational that it almost might seem a little bit trite to uh, specifically call out communication as a business principle, but I think it's worth doing because we use so many, I shouldn't say we use so many communication channels. There are a lot of communication channels, but we use we intentionally use a narrow group of them. And a lot of times what I've seen is that we leave a lot of communication um, unintentional. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about communication in general and uh, hopefully get your mind on the idea that it's a, a pretty complicated topic and something worth spending time on as a small business owner um, and kind of get communication to the top of your mind a little bit and help you integrate it, find ways to integrate it into your day-to-day -day, uh, uh, operation, plan, whatever, uh, so that you can make the most out of the communication tools that you're using and the communication philosophies or ideas that we know about that can help you communicate more effectively and make sure that what you're communicating is what you intend. So that's what we're going to talk about today. It's time to roll up our sleeves and get to work. I'm Stephen Krause, and this is Up and to the Right, the no-nonsense podcast and live stream where we blend your passion with proven business principles and practical action. This isn't about buzzwords or short-term trends. This is about taking those proven business principles like communication and applying them in ways that are unique and, and uh, creatively applied to your specific situation uh, to help you move your business forward. So I think you're going to find this time well spent. This is episode 44, Practical Communication for Small Business. And uh, let's get right to it. The um, So I want, I want to go back to, I think it was episode 41 that was, uh, or 40, 40 or 41, and I'll put it in the show notes where I talked about what the six fundamental business principles were or the ones that I identified. And uh, I want to talk a little bit, or I just want to remind, uh, throw a reminder out what I defined a business principle as, because there are a lot of good things you can do for a business that are not necessarily principles. So a business principle is a concept uh, that is both fundamental and universal, which means it's relevant to all businesses and it's, it's basic. You have to have it to build a business upon. And so that sets a pretty high bar for what, um, what a principle can be, because it has to be something you have to have to build a business. And it has to be something that's universal to all businesses. Uh, and I think communication, it, probably if, of all six of these principles, communication is the one that has the least, um, probably the least argument against it being a business principle. So what, what is communication in general? Well, it's the transmission of an idea from one individual to another. And, you know, at its core, it doesn't even have to be people. It can be the communication from any individual to any other individual, um, whether it's bees or, or primates or whatever. Uh, in our case, of course, it's our transmission of an idea 
between one person and another. And then beyond that, and more importantly, the successful transmission of that information from one person to another. And how we go about that is how we use the tools and the, and the concepts of communication that have, have been learned over thousands of years. Uh, so that we want to be able to tr successfully transmit our intended message to our intended recipient and have them understand it the way that we meant. Uh, and there's a lot that goes into that process. Uh, and, and so at the end of the day, it's the transfer of information from a sender to a recipient, a recipient in a way that the recipient understands what the sender meant. And so why is that a business principle? I think I talked about this enough already, but we'll just touch on it. Um, you have to be able to communicate to run a business. You have to be able to convey ideas, um, whether it's to your customers or to your team or uh, to vendors, you have to be able to communicate. So uh, it doesn't matter what business model you use. It, it doesn't matter if you're a solopreneur or a Fortune 500 company, you're going to have to communicate. So uh, I want to share a story. Uh, it's actually a fairly embarrassing story from about 1983, which is probably embarrassing enough, the fact that I have a story from 1983. I was working at, at Ed's Supermarket in New Mexico as uh, probably a 15-year-old or so, something around there. And uh, we had changed the station, the radio station, to a local rock station in, you know. So I imagine it was probably pay playing hair bands at that point. And uh, an elderly woman stopped me. I was stocking a shelf in one of the canned good aisles. And a woman stopped me and politely suggested that that music made her want to leave the store faster. So the first part of the story is that actually there's, there's a couple of things that are already communication issues. First of all, our management team hadn't made it clear what kind of environment they wanted and how the music that was played over the PA entered into that. As a 15 or 16 year old kid, it never entered my mind. And so that was the first problem. Um, the next communication issue is that that created an environment that was basically hostile to some of the clientele for that store. Uh, now, teenage Stephen Krause responded politely, but that since we spent eight hours a day in the store and customers only spent 45 minutes or so in the store, we felt it was better to have music that we liked. So that's a whole different level of problems that I have been embarrassed that I, that I ever said since probably the day after I said it, but certainly all of my adult life. Um, and the, uh, so the, the point though, is that, uh, the communication is, um, you know, and then my communication with the woman, while polite, was certainly inappropriate in a business context. Um, the, the whole point is that there's so much about communication that we don't concentrate on as business owners, and the owners for that supermarket hadn't communicated those things to us, and it matters. 
because of how customers feel. So it's, it, this kind of ties into this whole idea that co communication happens whether you intend it to or not. So whether it's the music in your store, um, every time uh, you communicate, there's an experience that surrounds that communication. So there's an experience that surrounds your intention. In fact, every time you interact with a customer or a vendor or even a team member, you know, someone who's part of your team, there's still uh, communication that happens around you that might not be part of your intended uh, message. So the tone that you, sh you use when you speak, the clothing that you wear, and I'm not saying necessarily that you always have to dress up, but you have to understand and acknowledge that what you're wearing speaks to the person that you're talking to. Um, the environment around you, if you're meeting in a coffee shop, that has a specific feel and it will communicate a certain uh, feeling and tone to a meeting where a conference room is going to have a different tone and a different environment. Um, the words that you choose, we're, we are in a lot of cases very loose with our language in, in our culture and English is bad enough to begin with because words have so many meanings and there are so many different words that sound the same, but are spelled differently and have different meanings. And so there's this whole, um, th there's a whole issue of grammar that we're, we need to be careful of because you may believe that you're saying one thing using the words that you think are right. Um, and the recipient may have a different understanding of what you're saying. And so you can have a different conversation. Um, and then there's the channel that you use. So the channel that you use has, uh, can have its own implications, uh, in terms of how important is the message or how serious is the message. We don't want doctors posting what happened in our test results on Twitter. And that's kind of an extreme example, of course, but, but there, the reason, the reason I'm using that is because there's, there's obviously a place and a time for specific communication methods. If a, if a doctor is going to give you bad news, they should be doing that in person. So, and certainly not doing it publicly, which, uh, they don't, of course. So understanding, you know, what, uh, communication is and, and, and the fact that it happens no matter what we do, um, how do we, what are some of the types of communication that we use in business? And there's really, for me, I categorize three different types. There's internal communication, which is among our team, uh, where you might share the vision of the company, the mission, work instructions, work processes, um, you know, internal orders. So if, if, uh, somebody needs to make three widgets today that are purple, that's, you know, that's part of what we would communicate internally. Um, there's external public communication. So that's advertising, marketing, sales, public relations, things like that. And then there's external private communications and that's your accounting, your legal, uh, assuming of course you have a, an external accountant and, uh, you know, you, or compliance, uh, or communication with vendors. So things that where you're external, you're communicating to someone who's not inside your business, but it's about your business. And it's 
not for public consumption. So those are the three basic communication ideas that I think we have in business that we, we need to consider. The next thing I wanted to talk about is the components of communication. And there are eight components of communication that I found when I was doing my research on this. I could not for the life of me find uh, a source document that actually named who came up with these. So if you know who came up with them, please put it in the comments and um, I will definitely uh, add a, an attribution later so that uh, they get proper credit. Uh, but the, the eight components are source, that's you, uh, the message, what you intend to communicate, the channel, so how are you doing it? Are you calling them on the phone? Are you having a one-on-one -on -one meeting? Are you tweeting it? What's the, what's the channel? The receiver, obviously, the person who's receiving the message. Uh, feedback, so that can be the back and forth that we might have as if we're having a conversation. Environment, so that goes back to what I was saying earlier. If you're having a meeting in a coffee shop, that have, has a different impact on the message than having a, a meeting in a conference room. Uh, the context, uh, and, and then finally the uh, interference. So context, you can think of that as, as all of the things that surround the topic that we didn't already talk about. So there could be a, a history of purchase order issues that you're discussing and you're discussing one specific thing, but all of those issues are part of the context of your discussion. And so you might not even intend to bring those things into the conversation. And yet for the recipient, that's their context for your discussion. So it's important to be aware of what context might be impacting a conversation uh, that you don't even intend. And then interference is the things that come between uh, you and your recipient. One of the, the uh, a, a very easy example for that is a language barrier. So if I'm a native English speaker and you are not a native English speaker and I'm trying to convey a message to you, there is uh, interference in that language barrier because I don't natively speak your language, you don't natively speak mine, and things can get lost in translation. So again, if anybody knows the, the actual source of those eight uh, things, I, did, I am not the person that came up with that. Someone much smarter than me did that. Um, and I would uh, encourage you to drop a comment and let, let me know so I can give them the proper credit. Uh, three of those things, I think, bear specific discussion. And I don't want to go too long today, but I do want to talk about three of them, and that's channel, message, and interference. So the channel that we use, and the reason I want to talk about the channel is that we have so many communication channels in, in our time. Uh, the communication channel that I'm using this morning Um you know, email, phone calls, one-on-one -on -one meetings, Zoom, Zoom meetings, um, where you actually have video involved. Um, and then uh, there's a lot of one-way advertising channels, billboards, television ads, um, ads on the internet. There are um, communication channels which are kind of shorthand and two-way. You can have a Twitter conversation with someone or text messaging, stuff like that, that, that 
So there's this explosion of channels in our culture that we have to take into consideration. And each of them has their own um, benefits and, the, and their own or their own pros and their own cons. You know, there are definitely some problems when you're trying to communicate specific ideas with some of these, with some of these tools. Um, and, and we tend to kind of, when we talk about communication channels, we also tend to, uh, narrow that down in our head to written and verbal, whether that's written on a computer or verbal on a phone call or in person. Um, but it's also really important to remember that, that part of our experience with a conversation or, uh, or part of our, the communication that impacts us as recipients, uh, is every sense that is impacted by that experience. So if you walk into a bakery and it smells like fresh baked bread, that impacts how you experience that. And that is part of the communication that is happening. Um, and, uh, the, for some of us who like, oh, are movie buffs, popcorn and movie theaters go together. Uh, you can imagine food samples in grocery stores. Well, that taste sensation is part of the communication for that brand. And again, we go back to the music that's playing in the background. Um, so all of those things help you either achieve an experience for somebody or are part of your experience as the recipient. And in most conversations, of course, it's two way. So each of you is having a communication experience. And that means that all of those things play into that experience for both of you. So it's really important to understand that, that channel, uh, there are a lot of channels for written and visual communication and audio communication. Um, but there are, but that every one of our senses can be impacted by an experience. Now we don't expect to smell popcorn when we get an email from the movie theater. Although I suppose that there's probably somebody out there trying to work on that. Um, but, but it does have an impact if it occurs. So that's the important thing with channels is, is understanding that there are a lot of them and that if we don't, if you, if you don't consider the senses that you're impacting that you didn't intend to, you can change the experience for your recipient. So the message itself, um, I think it's important to remember that your message can be layered. Uh, and this is not by intent. I mean, certainly, you know, comedians layer, layer messages all the time, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the layer one being what you intended to communicate and layer two is everything else that was communicated that you didn't intend. Not that it was bad, but it was unintentional. And so you didn't control it and you can't control everything. I understand that, but there are things that you can take into consideration when you're creating an environment. So one of my favorite examples of this, there's two that I want to talk about. One is video conferencing. So I did an episode a while back and I'll put a link in the show notes to that about, you know, getting the most out of the video equipment that you already have. And part of that discussion was really about the environment that you, that you put yourself in for video conferencing. So in the case of this live stream, I look at the frame 
and everything in the frame is intended to be there. Okay. So, um, I've got a background that I specifically made. It's lit with two backlights, two front lights. I've got two cameras and both cameras, you know, here's, this is camera one, this is camera two. There's nothing in the frame that is accidental. Okay. But if you're doing video conferencing from your kitchen, because you know, you're having social distancing, that can send a completely different message because there may be a lot of unintended um, noise in the frame. And I'm not going to go into how to correct this in every instance, but what's important for this particular uh, discussion is that you understand that everything in the frame of a video conference call is part of your message, whether you want it to be or not. And so if it's something that you can control, then you can adjust what's in the frame of your camera to compensate for that so that everything in the frame is part of the message that you're trying to convey. The next thing is body language. So, uh, body language, it, most, I'm sure that you've heard that most communication is nonverbal. So, uh, and, and this really matters to communication in general, because as soon as you take video away or in-person communication away, you've lost most of how we as humans communicate, which is nonverbal. And, uh, and, and the explosion of the use of video conferencing, video conferencing during the, our social distancing right now and during, uh, this pandemic, um, is actually great for businesses because we're going to get comfortable using a medium that allows us to have that context of body language, or at least more of it, facial expressions, if nothing else, um, you know, most of us aren't standing in front of a camera six feet away so that our full or eight feet away or whatever. So our full body is in the, in the shot. Um, but it is, you know, that's something where you can at least get facial expression, hand gestures for those of you who speak with your hands, like I do. Um, those are really important. So those, uh, that, that is also part of that layer two of the message. And I think it's important to keep those things in mind. So the other thing I, I want to talk about is interference and what gets in the way of your message. Well, the first two are, are how you encode it and the biases that you have when you encode your message. And then there's the bias that the recipient has as they decode the message. And one of the important, uh, uh, things that I think comes up a lot is the, the, the curse of knowledge. I think it's called where, um, once you know a thing, it's impossible to really understand what it means to not know that thing. So if you know something and you're trying to share it, uh, with someone, uh, else, how you, how you share that message can be driven by how much you assume that person knows. And it's easy to fall into a trap of that person knows as much as I do, or, you know, has this knowledge that I don't even think about as a background to the message. And so a message needs to have uh, as the encoder, as the sender, you need to think about what 
context you're assuming or what background knowledge you're assuming someone has when they get it so that they can decode it properly. Improperly meaning in the way that you want them to. Other things with interference, it's basically everything between you and your recipient. Uh, and, and so if that's a language barrier, if that's uh, encoding and decoding bias, if it's um, uh, a, maybe it's a difference of opinion or a different understanding of the facts. Um, if, if we assume that one-on-one -on -one in person communication is the most effective, then every step we take away from that makes it more and more difficult to communicate effectively because there's more and more opportunities for interference to get in the way. So, uh, so those eight components, and I will list them in the show notes uh, uh, as well, those things are, are important elements of communication that uh, need to be addressed. Now, before I go any further, I think it's important at this point to say, look, communication is really important. We all, I think, intuitively understand that. But we also don't always use intention and, and really focus on the message uh, when we communicate. And that's where things fall apart. Uh, and we want, as small business owners, we don't really have time to fix communication problems. And it's, it's easy to say, okay, I got to do this really fast. I got to do this email really fast um, because I've got a hundred thousand other things to do. And you do, I know, but we have to, uh, if, if we back up and say, okay, what can be misconstrued in this email or phone call or whatever that will cause me a problem in the future that I'm going to have to fix. I need you guys to make those red. Okay. So they come back fire engine red, but you meant flat rust colored brick red. Okay. Um, those kinds of things we need to go back and say, all right, what can go wrong with this communication? And, and, and is there something I need to add? There are times when communication can be very quick and very simple. Should, do you want brick red or fire engine red? Fire engine red. That can be a three-word email. Uh, but I, I, I think the important thing is to just, when you're communicating, make sure that you understand the con the, the, whatever the concept that you're trying to get across uh, understand what could be, how it could be misconstrued or misinterpreted and put enough context around it to avoid that. In most cases, you're never going to get a hundred percent. So you have to kind of use the 80, 20 rule, right? Do 20% more work so that you can get 80% of the situation covered. And then, you know, at some point you, you can't write a book for every single, uh, small business transaction. I understand that. I did want to talk a little bit about some, some communication channel guidelines. Um, then these are personal things that I think are important. Um, you may feel differently, but these are, are things I wanted to mention. Uh, I've got, oh, about five short topics here. So with video, there's a few things I, I like to keep in mind. One is what's in the frame. We talked about that already. 
uh, get your audio right. It's more important to get audio right than to get video right. And then remember that you're on camera, especially if you're doing these, these video conference calls. It's important to remember that you're on camera. Um, email, uh, have your contact information in your email. Don't make your contacts dig for your phone number and your, and your, uh, email address and, uh, even your company name. It's easy to assume that everybody remembers who you are for whatever reason. But I promise you when I'm digging through a thousand emails, I don't remember necessarily who every single person is all the time. And uh, especially if it's a new contact, but if I can, if I see their, you know, their title and their company and their phone number, then I have context that I can use to uh, place them. But then also if I'm trying to find uh, a specific um, uh, contact to talk to, to talk about something with, I, I, uh, I can either remember the person's name or the company and do a search in my email and something will come up. And that's really helpful. And there's no reason to make a contact dig for that. Just put it in your signature. So contact info in every email. Um, the first email I do to everybody in the, on, in a day, I always put a greeting. Now it's easy to go back and forth on a reply to, or whatever, and say, yeah, that's what I meant or whatever. The first email of the day, I always put a greeting, even if it's a conversation that we're continuing from yesterday. Um, I just think that's nice. So take it or leave it. Um, only reply to all for distribution and notification. If you expect someone to do something, reply to them. Um, that yeah, reply to all should never have been invented. Uh, assume that the person you would least like to read an email will get a copy eventually and write it that way. That's super important. Uh, because you can never assume that once an email goes out of your inbox, that it is not going to get into the inbox of the person who made you really upset and you were venting to your friend and yeah. Um, so always compose an email so that you, you, uh, with the assumption that the person you'd least like to have read it is going to get it. Um, uh, along with that, don't use email as the first point of contact for negative information if, or, or bad news. Always use a phone call or, um, or an in-person meeting if you can. Um, it's just more respectful. Uh, and then absolutely follow up with an email, uh, to document everything. Don't write angry. Uh, if you, if you need to vent, make sure you delete all of the addresses in the email before you start writing. And then if you have to save the draft and look at it the next day or whatever, but, um, make sure you get rid of those address email addresses in the two and copy and BCC and everything to make sure that you don't send an email you regret. Um, uh, try to keep them clear, clean, clear and concise and short. Uh, and remember that there's no emotional context in email that you didn't put there. So, uh, uh, and, and you need to just be aware of that, uh, so that as you're composing your email, 
you're conveying information in a way that the recipient will receive it uh, hopefully positively. Phone, a uh, couple, just a couple of quick things. Uh, never say goodbye before your customer does. Let them say goodbye and, and be the one who terminates the conversation. Um, stand if you can and smile when you're talking on the phone. So those are some quick ones. Texting in business, I'm pretty lukewarm about myself. Um, again, we go back to that con the emotional context issue. Um, that can be a problem. Uh, maybe just don't use it <laughs> unless you really need to. Um, I use it very sparingly and only with uh, either colleagues that I know well, and then even then for very short uh, items or for people who are so distant from the company. I We moved into this new building. We still get mail for these guys sometimes. I text them so they can come get the mail. So there's no business impact if something goes goes wrong with the text necessarily. So I think there's a, a, a lot of risk with text. Um, social media is a whole monster unto itself. Uh, it's kind of the wild west of communication right now. Uh, still, um, there's new tools all the time, uh, Instagram stories or whatever. And I, I don't even know what a story is, so I can't really speak to it. Um, and you know, things like TikTok, which again, I, I, personally don't know what it is and don't have, um, uh, I don't have the time to look into that, but the idea is make sure you're using the social media tool to support your intended message. Um, and you're not sending a message that you don't intend with the tool. I think that's the most important thing to remember is are you using a communication channel to support your business? in a way that is actually supporting your business. So after all of that, what can we practically take away from this discussion of communication and business? First of all, it is a big topic. Uh, you know, people get masters and, and doctor doctorates in tiny slivers of communication. And as small business owners, we obviously can't do that. It's a huge topic, but we need to become students of communication. That is important. Regardless of, of what you see as your role in your business, communication is going to be an important part of it. Um, so become a student of communication, understand the channels that you use and determine if they're being well utilized to communicate your message and your, and your vision. So what channels are you using? And are they being well used? And then um, are you communicating uh, messages that you don't intend? You know, when you do a video conference call, is your office a mess? Or are you uh, at your kitchen table and there's a stack of dirty dishes on the counter? Um, you know, in, in this current time frame, that could happen. Um, you know, and those are just examples of, of but if you look at the environment of your message, what is being sent that you don't intend or that doesn't support the message that you're trying to send? And then, uh, so finally, uh, what are some communication tools that you use in your business? Some, uh, or, or some ideas that have helped you in your business? Uh, drop a comment in the, uh, comments here and, uh, uh, We'll connect and share ideas. 
So kind of to wrap up, communication is a, a, a key principle in business. We use it for internal use. We use it for external private use, external public use, and all of the communication channels that we use in business should be labeled handle with care enough that it, that it causes us to be intentional about our use. Uh, next week, we're going to have episode 45, which is going to be talking about the principle of value. At how do we add value to our customers and what does that mean for small business? Uh, our vision at Beyond 50% is that successful business ownership should be the standard, not the exception. We develop actionable solutions to help business owners cultivate practical business knowledge so they can act with informed purpose to improve business operations and management and benefit from business ownership. Visit our website at beyond50percent.com for more information or contact us to schedule a complimentary one-on-one -on -one meeting with a kindred spirit and see how you can help how we can help you benefit from your entrepreneurial journey. Back up. How we can help you benefit more from your entrepreneurial journey. All right, we are live on Thursdays at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Uh, if you enjoyed this video, subscribe and share it with your small business owner colleagues. Uh, thank you for watching. And for me, it's time to get back to work.